Robin's divorced father's head melted on his dashboard? That's horrible! Piggy, you really have to listen to all the words. Uh, look, I, I don't know what I was thinking in there. It's just for a second, it seemed like a good idea to pretend we were still together again, just, just for his sake. But Wait. I'm sorry, it's a bad idea. I'll just, no, I'll just no, go no, tell no, him. No, 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 I, I, I get it. And I might be able to agree to that. Mm. For his sake, just for a day. But what about your child bride girlfriend? Won't you mm -hmm. get mad and then invite you to prom? <laughs> well, the, tr the truth is that actually, uh, we, Denise, broke up with me. What? what? Shh. I had no idea. I, 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 I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, it's fine. I'm worried about Robin. He's watching us, hug me. When the Muppet Show is over, you know where to go. Come on down to Ralph's Tavern and let's talk Muppets. Hello and welcome to Ralph's Tavern. On the menu today, we've got Correcting Me, a toast and a roast, and more. Today's house special is Little Green Lie, the 14th episode of The Muppets on ABC. Let's Talk Muppets is a part of MuppetHub.com's podcast series, 11 Point Collar, available in iTunes. And now, here are your co-hosts, J.D. Hensel and Steve Swanson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm glad you've stuck with us, or if you have not stuck with us, as I see from the statistics, some of you have not. Hey, welcome back. Um, nice to have you here again. You are always welcome. Come back anytime. We love having you here, or at least I do. I like being able to talk to people. It's, it's a lonely life for the podcaster, really. And joining me is someone else who knows a heck of a lot about that. It's my new co-host. I am so proud that I have finally promoted him to such a title. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the Muppetcast, Steve Swanson. Wow, co-host. Hey, how you doing everyone? Steve Swanson. That's 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 such an honor. Wow, thank you, JD. It you know, I had to think about it for a while. I I really, you know, because of how much work I put into writing for the show. Wow. And, you know, trying to organize everything and make segment themes and oh, make yeah, songs yeah. for when we're mad at each other and all these well, things. Yeah, I, I still that. I tend to kind of think of it as my show. But really, when, when it comes down to it, what we do is very much a co-hosting dynamic. So I figure no, I, might as well just, I might as well just go ahead and call you co-host. Oh, my God. That, that's so great. J.D., I appreciate that so much. I, mm -hmm. oh. I, I've, I've had so much fun on these episodes um, yeah. bickering with you and... Mm -hmm. Getting mad at each other and um, singing refusing about getting to record mad at each other. segments and and singing about it and all yeah. this kind of fun stuff. This mm -hmm. is great. Um, it's I mean I, I feel like I, I finally you know you you've given me a home on this show as well as the Muppet Cast and I I, I so appreciate that. Um, here's the thing, JD. Yeah. Um, I I actually I've got to get going right now um, because as you as you see. I'm just about ready to fly to California. Like in a matter of hours, I'm getting on the plane to fly to California. Okay. So I don't really have time to do the show this week um, is, is what I'm trying or next week for that matter. Um, it's, it's going to be really busy coming up, you see. And, um, and maybe the week, I'm not sure about the week after I might be able to be back. If you're, if you're going to split it up into three episodes, because I know we have three left. Um, you heard about that part right we have three episodes of the muppets left yes i'm aware we have three episodes of the muppets left okay good so they're actually going to show the last two episodes back to back did you did you hear about that yes i heard about that okay so if you're gonna do if you're gonna do it like that if you're gonna actually maybe split them out uh one week at a time instead of doing the last two together if you do it that way I could come back possibly, I don't want to say for sure, but I said maybe I could come back and record with you on that final show. Okay, that's, that's, that's the thing. I'd love to be the co-host. I really appreciate everything you've done for me on the show and welcoming in me and the Muppet Cast audience uh, with open arms and getting mad at me and arguing and being philosophical when it was... Not at all appropriate to do so. I, I appreciate you doing all those things for me. Um, but at this point, I just, I, I don't have time to be on the show as the co-host is, is what I'm saying. 
So I'm not sure if I heard you right. Are you saying that that you that you what are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is I appreciate you making me the co-host. Uh huh. And now I have to leave. Uh huh. How much yeah. time do you have? Well, that's the thing. I've got about ten minutes. Oh, okay. JD. So are you ready? For the fastest and most amazing ten minutes of co-hosting of your life. Oh, oh my! I, I, I can be ready. I can yes. be. I, I would say, give me a minute, but then we'd only have nine. Yeah, you, so you don't okay. get a minute. No, All we're right. jumping into this right now. Quickly, give me your first yes. impression. First impression. My first impression was I loved this episode. This is probably my second favorite episode. Good. That's approximately my first impression as well. Second thing to get out of the way, you are aware that the three episodes remaining is inclusive of the one we're talking about right now, right? Uh, yes. Yes, I understand. Oh, and now... Yes, now we're actually down to nine minutes, JD. So uh, so we got to keep going, okay? How, how did this even happen? We only spent a few... Oh, sorry. Got to stay focused. Okay. Um, correcting Kim. Yes. Yes, so about that. Um, so Robin shows up, doesn't know that Kermit and Piggy are not together anymore. His parents just got a divorce out of the blue. Which, might I just say, is absolutely hilarious, first of all. It's great to see Robin, isn't it? It's just wonderful it to it's see. It's great to see Robin. Oh, oh now it's, it's eight minutes. Quick. It, was, it was so great to see him. And then, actually, to, to for them to go on a location like the... Uh, like the laser, laser tag, tag place, yeah, that, right. That, that was so yeah. awesome. I loved seeing them under the B story. The, oh, B no, story. there's seven minutes. Oh, what? Oh, okay. What? 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 B story. B story. There's also the plot about uh, Gonzo, who is inexplicably back with Camilla. Just somehow they're just together now. Oh We're my just supposed gosh. to run with that. Gonzo is back with Camilla, and, and they're living. Did you together. see them doing? The, they're living together. Oh, my, so now there's now there's four people in the house. Yes. Not just three. So that's significant. And I'm sorry, that scene with Gonzo and Camilla doing the yoga, that was a big belly laugh for me. That was brilliant. Okay, I did not get as big of a belly laugh out of that scene. I got that a was big so belly, awkward. I got a big belly laugh out of the eggs and how the they were organized. Potential into, offspring. Yes. And Pepe took two of the potential offspring mm-hmm. to did. make the omelet for Rizzo. We don't know what Rizzo just <laughs> ate for breakfast. I know. It's amazing. Moving on. Okay. Um, what segment should we do next? Oh, now, um, we're, now we're down to six minutes. Okay. All right. So, that gives yep, us time yep. to do a very, very quick burnt hamburgers. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, so how do you like your hamburgers, Steve? Um, I generally like my hamburgers to be... Quickly, gosh, quickly. Gosh, let's see. Probably medium well. Okay, no, I like medium no, well as well. No, no, no. I take it Sorry, back. it's too late. It's too late for that. We're already going into the next segment. Oh, no, okay. Well, that's good because there's only five minutes left now. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, wait. First, commercial break. Hey, you're in the warehouse. Talking to someone who didn't use Quarterly to produce their podcast. Sir, what do you have to say? Hey, what do you have to hear? Media, online media, production and consulting. And we're back. Okay, okay. Um. Oh, gosh. Uh, 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 what are the other segments? We need to do favorites. It's my favorite. Quickly, what was your favorite part of the show? Um... I'm going to say Drunk Pepe was my favorite part of the show. When he sucks on that lime and then takes a shot, it goes, woo! Wow, I lost it there. That was so great. That or, you know what? No, no. I'm going to back up JD and say my favorite part of the show was the very beginning when Kermit walks in and wakes up Zoot. I thought that was going to be your favorite part. Waking comments were, what? Oh, sorry, Father. How did he mean that? <laughs> well, yeah, Father can be taken in a couple of different ways there. I'm curious about what the... Oh, and boy. In what context would one apologize for sleeping to a father of some... Uh, that was that whole mm. thing. I loved yeah, Zoot in that. that was amazing. Yes. Zoot He's... was definitely, definitely back this week. Oh, and there's three minutes left, JD. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Very quickly, the online petition report. The online petition report. Oh, okay, God, so are we going to do this? We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this, J.D. Wait, we have to Steve, skip it. Steve, J.D., Steve, we don't have Steve, time for the, an abbreviated for the version. We do an abbreviated version. Okay. Okay. Um, Disney, give us what we want. And we're done. Moving on to the next oh, segment. Oh, that's the best one ever. Okay, I know. Okay, time for a toast and a roast. So, who are you going to toast? Uh, I am going to toast Drunk Pepe. Okay, who are you going to roast? 
Gosh, that's a good question. There weren't too many weak characters. You in don't this have time episode. to think about this. Um, I'm going to say Sweetums. Why are you roasting Sweetums? Because there isn't any time. There's oh. no time, JD. Okay, that's you have enough. to hurry. Who are you going to toast quickly? Okay, I don't know. Uh, hold on. I, I um, uh, okay. Uh, I am going to toast um, uh, 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 Matt Vogel for doing such a nice job with Robin. And Very good. I am going to roast. Um, Andy. Say oh Andy. goodness, who am I going to? Uh, I'm Andy. out of time. Uh, fine, I'll say Andy. I'll say Woo! Andy. I have to. Right. I got to go with Andy. That's always just the safest route. He always does a bad job, so I know always know I can roast him. Okay, uh, so very very quickly. Speed we got round. one minute. Speed. Okay, Steve. Speed round. Uh, why are there so many songs about rainbows? To get to the other side. Okay. Uh, uh, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Uh, I can if it involves rhyming with Manila. Right, okay. Um, uh, does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? How do you make a fruit cordial? Boxers or briefs? Neither. Oh, okay then. All right. In that case, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you? They can find me in Anaheim, California in about six hours from now. Okay, all right. Very good. And here's the problem. Um, according to the contract, you still technically owe me... We have 30 seconds. According to the contract, you still technically owe me at least another half an hour of Muppet Cast commentary in this episode. 15 seconds. You should have been reading the fine print. You owe me more Nine, commentary from the Muppet Cast. Eight, Steve. Seven. This is on you. Six. Five. Steve. Four. Steve. You know what? I'm going to send you Christopher Harris. He's my assistant editor for MuppetCast.com. He's an amazing guy. All the Muppets tweet him. They like him a lot more than me. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, you are now demoted from co-host. Goodbye. Have fun in California. Okay, bye. Wait, what? Well, uh, this leaves me with a bit more housekeeping I can do while I'm waiting. So, um, in case you missed it, I'm J.D. Hansel from MuppetHub.com. You can find that by going to MuppetHub.com. You can find us on Facebook at MuppetHub.com slash Facebook and on Twitter at, I think, MuppetHub.com slash TwitterWorks. It will by the time this podcast episode is released. You can also follow along with our live tweets at New Muppet Show. Oh, boy, that was fast. I'm already getting the call from Chris. Hello, uh, Chris, you there? Hello, JD. Hello. Um, did Steve tell you anything about what's going on right now? Well, Steve just told me I needed to be here, and so I'm here. Okay. All right, well, you know you're lucky, because I was just about to give Steve his birthday cake when when he had to leave, so I'm just going to send that to you instead, because he didn't stick around long enough for me to get his new address, so enjoy that. I love cake. Right, everyone does. I know, I know. Steve would have loved it too. It's a shame. It's a shame. That selfish little son. Well, anyway, um, we're going to move right along to first impressions. First impressions. It's like she's in the room. And so, I already went over this a bit with Steve, um, but I liked the episode a lot. I was having such a fun time with it because, I mean, first of all, Robin is here. That's enough to get everyone really excited. I think that the internet blew up a little bit. Okay, not the whole internet. The Muppet corner of the internet blew up a little bit when we found out that Robin was going to be on. So that would have been enough to make it a really fun episode. But there's so much other stuff going on and so much great stuff from other characters, even if they're not in it for all that much, um, that it's just it's just packed with so much great detail and so much fun and delight. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a great episode. Um, I was glad to see Robin back, just just as you were. Uh, the internet at my house exploded, you know, when that news was announced. Well, that's that may have something to do with the fact that you have Crazy Harry running your internet servers there. Yeah, 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 he, he does his best. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this episode was great. I mean, I loved it from the start. The cold open was zo- Zoot's. Mm-hmm. Had some great moments in the new series, and and this was no exception. And you know, I've I've not seen much of Matt Vogel's Robin before. I don't guess he's done a whole lot. Of, what there was one line in Muppets Most Wanted, and there's been some TV appearances. But yeah, you know, it, it was great to see that expanded and to see him fully develop that character. Just yeah, great episode. Yeah, it's it's true. This really is the first time that we're actually getting a Robin-focused production of any kind that's featuring Matt's Robin. I am glad that I had seen him do Robin before, so I knew what to expect, because I think if you're going right off of Muppet Christmas Carol and then you turn on this episode, it's like, whoa, what happened? Because there is a pretty huge shift in the vocals. 
like Robin is one of those characters that really has such a natural voice for Jerry. And what Matt has said before is that he's really good at doing the very charactery voices. Those are a lot easier, but it's when you're dealing with stuff that's so close to uh, Jerry's natural voice or any of the performer's natural voice. That's when it gets... I think you just heard someone yelling or screaming in the background. That's probably going to happen a lot. I don't have any control over that. But what I was trying to be focused on was how I think that now that I have seen Matt's Robin a few times here and there, I was used to it enough that I was able to enjoy his performance in this episode. I thought he did some very cute and funny things with Robin, made him a very lovable character as always. Um, and even with some of the, you know, little vocal things, he was doing a really nice job with those, even though the voice doesn't quite match. And even if it doesn't, I mean, this is Robin many years later, so we should expect some tiny amount of growth in the voice, I would think. Right, right. And I, I have not seen a whole lot of uh, Matt's performances, Robin, so I was thrown a little bit when it first started, but it did not take me long to, to get into it and, and appreciate what he was doing with the character. Yeah, yeah. And seeing how the Muppets look in the lighting of Laser Tag, they look really good in that environment, I think. That was unique. That was awesome. <laughs> it's true. We haven't seen visuals quite like that in a Muppet production at all since, like, um, I don't know, Song of the Cloud Forest kind of comes close in a way, but yeah. only in a way. Um, so, yeah, okay, if we agree that it's a good episode, then we can move on to everyone's favorite segment, Correcting Me. I thought Kim was back. Well, she, I thought she was being kind enough to send me plot synopses until I found out that she was just messing with me. She sent me half a synopsis, 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 to get me thinking that I was going to get to depend on her for that episode. But in reality, no, no, I was still on my own for the whole second half of the story. Um, and I really should have taken note of the little sign that she had when she gave me that stuff. The, the sign that said sucker on it. <laughs> I think that would have been... a giveaway had I been paying attention, but I I wasn't. You know, que sera, sera, what can you do? I'm stuck with my own story synopsis, but hey, I write them better anyway, so we'll just keep going with this, moving right along. Kermit walks into the studio to find Zoot asleep on Piggy's couch and shows Zoot the new director's chair he got for his nephew Robin, who's visiting the set. Robin's excited to spend time with Kermit and Miss Piggy, but Kermit finds out that Robin was unaware of Kermit and Piggy's breakup, and worse than that, uh, the only thing that got Robin through the past year when his parents were divorced was knowing that Kermit and Piggy were still together. So Kermit convinces Miss Piggy that they should pretend that they're still together for Robin's sake. When he makes the same request of the rest of the Muppets, they end up avoiding Robin so they don't accidentally give it away, and Scooter needs to be lied to in order to go along with the charade. So we've got a lot of stuff going on here just because of Robin's one little visit. I'm surprised that they were trying to hide this much of him, even though surely because of the existence of the internet, as Steve pointed out, I don't know if he pointed it out on the podcast, but he certainly pointed it out to me uh, in person, that with the internet existing like everywhere, this shouldn't be possible. Well, I, I would assume the internet's like those magazines at the grocery store. You just can't believe everything you read there, though. Well, that's true. There is that. But I don't know. Maybe they don't have Wi-Fi in the swamp. That's what I think. I would say that is most likely the case. Yeah, and no yet somehow they access. yet somehow they still have grocery stores with magazines. So, yeah, never know. So, how did you feel about having to make Scooter go along with this by having to lie to him? We're not used to seeing Kermit being a liar or trying to get other people to lie. You know, at first that bothered me a little bit, but I guess it it makes sense in the in the way uh, Scooter has been portrayed so far on the series and of course he was really just trying to protect his nephew more than anything so I'm okay with that it was it, it does seem kind of out of character I thought for Kermit but I guess it flowed with the storyline another interesting thing about Scooter though in this one is that I think this is the first time since the start of the reboot so to speak if we're still going to call this thing a reboot um, that we've actually heard about Ken So we can move to the B story at Gon's Respay's place. Camilla has moved in. 
and Rizzo and Pepe are trying to deal with a change in their lifestyle. They decide that they're going to have to look for a new wingman to help them score with the ladies at the big party at Ralph's Tavern that night. Unfortunately for Kermit, not everyone is going to Ralph's, and a bunch of the Muppets end up going to Laser Tag with Kermit and Robin, including Miss Piggy. Who else should show up at Laser Tag but the paparazzi who saw Scooter's tweet about Kermit and Piggy being back together? And because of the way that I like to write this in a way that, you know, flows nicely, I kind of glossed over a bunch of things going back and forth between two storylines there, but the Gonzo Rizzo Pepe plot is interesting because Camille has just all of a sudden moved in. There wasn't really much explanation of how that happened at all. I just know that it's made eating eggs these days very confrontational. That's true. And that was so funny. Um, especially when Pepe actually took some of the eggs from the potential offspring uh, crate. Yes, that was a great gag with the two piles of eggs. One was labeled breakfast and the other possible offspring. And when they finally <laughs> did decide to uh, go ahead with breakfast, that they pulled them from the possible offspring pile. And but, you could miss that if you're not paying attention. Yes, and did you notice uh, Gonzo's uh, Dr. Teeth shirt he was wearing in that scene? I d- see, that's the thing. I've... I know I saw or heard that someone mentioned that, but with the several times I've watched the episode, I still have not noticed the shirt. Hold on. I'm bringing this up right now. (laughs) I got to see this. Where is this? Let's see. Okay. He's on the floor in that shot, so I can't see it there. Yeah, you can see it when he walks into the kitchen. Okay. I see he's walking into the kitchen, and there it is. Oh, my gosh. That is great. That's that's the second T-shirt I've seen on the show that I need. (laughs) <laughs> the first one being the uplight with Miss Piggy. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we have got to get our hands on these. It's so annoying when we see these great things that they have on the show and we don't get to have them. Well, it looks like we're going to get a coffee mug, though. That's pretty awesome. That's something. Yeah, that's something. I'm happy about that. Now, it does seem odd, though, that Rizzo and Pepe just kind of assume they're going to need another person to hang out with them because Gonzo's so occupied with Camilla. Like, really, how much time do they have to spend together? This is true. And, you know, they talked a little bit about uh, where Camilla had been, saying that she had dated the tiger that had uh, eaten Roy. Yes. I can only assume they were talking about Siegfried and Roy, Roy Horn, or alluding to that. And I'm I'm not buying her backstory because that tiger's been dead for a couple of years. Hmm, yeah, good point. I think she's hiding something. Yeah, well, she certainly didn't hide anything at the very end of this episode. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Um, Let's see. Um, So then we have the bit with Kermit at the laser tag place. Uh, As I said, I love the look of this. I also love just how into it Miss Piggy is and the way that she just shoots that kid right away. Fear me! She seems so much like the type of person who would really, really love to get her anger out with laser tag. It's such a perfect match for Miss Piggy in a weird way. Um, and I think that it was especially fun when Scooter reveals that he's tweeted about Kermit and Piggy being back together. And in unison, Kermit and Piggy shoot Scooter perfectly. It just, the, the directing and choreography there, or blocking perhaps I should say, was spot on. It yes. looks great. Yes, that worked great. The timing is just wonderful. And do you know who directed this episode? Uh, Bill Beretta. Yeah. Has he directed that many episodes of this show so far? I, I have not looked through the list. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think, this is the first one to my knowledge that he has directed. I was thinking it was his first one, yes. Yeah, and, and boy did he do a good job. Uh, and the writers did a good job, too. That helps. Speaking of directors, mm-hmm. the scene, which we kind of skipped over it, one of my favorite scenes in the show with the Swedish chef uh, doing the food puppetry. Yes. With portraying Kermit and Miss Piggy with vegetables. Yes. Um, did you notice the Muppet in the background? Okay. Spinning around and dancing. Yes. I have seen this Muppet in the background. I am aware that there is a basically a new Muppet who's been added, and I know nothing about what this Muppet is there for. Well, I think I read it on the Muppet Wiki's uh, Facebook page that that Hmm. puppet is uh, in the likeness of director Randall Einhorn. That would make sense. In following with Muppet tradition, that would make sense. 
I mean, the, the puppet of James Bobin is great. Like, I wish we could see that puppet just walk around in the background of, of one of these episodes, just because. It, it's such a great caricature, I think. Yeah, I'd welcome that. One of the other things that we kind of skipped over, um, because I'm just focusing on the main plot details, is how... Um, and I lost the thought. There it goes. Wait, I found it. They show all of the people who work on the show, all the crew... Uh, the Electric Mayhem and Fozzie and Big Mean Carl and all of them are sitting around a table, and Fozzie's bouncing this ball along the table trying to get it into Big Mean Carl's mouth, Ish. which I thought was so fun to watch, that alone. But then for Fufu to go after the ball <laughs> and get eaten <laughs> by Big Mean Carl, that is one of the most Muppety things I have seen in ages. Because I tell you, the destruction of cute things... <laughs> is what the Muppets are there for. He it's got what the ball. Like. He's happy. He did. <laughs> and he, he we saw he came out alive. Um, I'm surprised Miss Piggy wasn't more worried about Fufu during that time. <laughs> but no, she seemed fine with it. And eventually, presumably, um, the guest star, what's her name? Her name's in here somewhere. Lara uh, Spencer. Laura Spencer, yeah. yeah. She, presumably, she eventually somehow got Fufu, or someone got Fufu back to Miss Piggy. Uh, we'll, we'll know if she shows up... if. He, she, Fufu, do we know a gender there? I he, know. I think, right? Big Ming Carl referred to Fufu as a he, but I, yeah, I don't know I, if I that has so. been established. I mean, it's, uh, Steve Whitmire is the performer, of course. Um, yes. Or has been traditionally. I don't know if he did it for this episode, but he probably did. Um, so I, I, I kind of guess he. I think that they've alluded to that in some way, shape, or form. But... Yes, I think it's it's a little bit cliche to have the uh, paparazzi coming in or the press coming in to photograph Kermit and Piggy because of the breakup news. Like, for some reason, the show just kind of assumes that Miss Piggy's a really big deal, um, which I can understand. It kind of has to. Makes sense. But for some reason, that felt a little cliche. And then when they had to reveal um, that it was that they were not together in front of Robin, then that also felt kind of cliche. Um, and I also, because of the way that Robin was holding the gun at them, I thought he was going to shoot them because he just looked so betrayed. Like, I, I, I really thought he was just going to go on a wild rampage. Um, but he didn't. He stayed very Robin. Oh, well. I can live with that. Meanwhile, Rizzo and Pepe are trying out Sam, Chip, and Big Mean Carl as new wingmen. Uh, but they're having no luck since none of them seem to have what it takes to seal the deal for the little duo. What did you think of that scene? I loved that scene, and I, I loved Sam's line about why uh, he was the best fit to be wingman, because, of course, he had wings. I can't believe they actually went there. But it worked, and it <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's and, fair enough. And I, and I, I loved the line that he followed up that with about, uh, how was it, the, the, the condo roof made from twigs and his saliva or something to that effect. Yeah, that was really bizarre. But then Sam ends up not really helping them much as a wingman and just goes and reads a book um, with reading glasses that somehow stayed on his head, even though he does not have ears. The, that, poli but, the, the politics of broadcast regulation, I believe, is what that was. Oh, I see. All right. And Pepe does not have a nose. He smells through a hole in his knee. Um... And I tried to look this up to see if this is based on an actual fact about shrimp or prawns. I had wondered that. I can't find anything about um, how how prawns smell. Well, it depends. When they're for dinner, they, they smell delicious. Well, yeah, but I can't find anything about this, and it's driving me crazy because I want to know. Listeners, listeners at home, <laughs> please let us know. Do whatever research you have to do. Contact all of your marine biologist friends and figure this one out. We need to know. That sounds like another online petition. And we need another online petition. We always do. And I do not have anything to write this one down with. That was bad planning on my part. Let me type this up. Wait, um, let's see. Um, find out the accuracy of uh, Pepe's knee hole for... <laughs> Smelling. There we go. Another online petition. And now we need to get back to this plot line. So where was I? Kermit and Piggy reveal to the news crew at the laser tag place that they are in fact not together and Robin happens to overhear it. 
but Kermit cheers him up by assuring him that he and Piggy are still friends and both of them will always be there for him. Later at the tavern, Kermit and Piggy realize that they may still have something more than just friendship. I like how in this episode we're actually seeing a kind of relationship between Robin and Piggy that I've never seen before. I have never seen them having this close of a bond. I've never seen her caring for anyone in such a sort of kind of motherly way, the way that she cares for Robin, you know? Yeah, and I was very happy to see this side of Piggy. Of course, I guess the Piggy we've seen since the reboot, I think all of us have pretty much been happy with, but... Yeah, I, I enjoyed her interaction and, and her desire uh, to be with Robin and, and, and go I actually go along with this whole plan just for Robin's sake. Yeah, it really adds a lot of humanity to her character, which is good. If we're going to have Kermit and Piggy getting back together, and at some point that has to happen, either in this season or the next, um, hopefully the next, there will be a next. We just if, if we believe hard enough, we can make this happen, I believe. I believe. Thank you. Hashtag I believe, hashtag uh, renew the Muppets. Um, well, I think what they have to do is keep adding this humanity to Miss Piggy that we've been missing uh, for the past several years. And they're doing a good job with that. I think this episode still managed to keep her very, very piggy and keep all these different elements of piggy that we're used to from the past few years and elements going all the way back to the 70s that we're used to, um, you know, with her uh, shooting that kid at the laser tag place. Yes. <laughs> so it's not like she has to be super nice and friendly to every kid out there, but we see that for Robin, she really does care for him and have a special bond um, and is willing to do a lot for for his sake. Um, and that's really nice. And uh, she's, you know, she really does do what she can to comfort him. And then the scene in the tavern. Oh my gosh. that I did not expect that. They really, really, really are trying to suggest Kerbin and Piggy have a ton of chemistry. They are getting back together soon. Even to the point of Ralph the Dog playing as time goes by. Yes. I really want Ralph the Dog to be in more episodes of this show, because every time he's there, it's a delight. It is a and delight, but, but he does have worms, so there, yeah, he may have well, to take a little time off at this point. I don't know how that goes. I don't know. I just As long as he's there playing the piano... Um, you know, playing whatever mood he's in right now. What did he say? What was the line? I wish I could remember. Man, Steve's my quote guy. That's the problem. This is why he needs to, you know, not just suddenly leave on a plane to California. Okay? I need my quotes. I don't have the time to write down every single quote in the episode. I, I, I think you're looking for this is just where I am right now. Yes, that's it. Thank you very much, new Steve. <laughs> Well, Steve gave me some pointers, so... Well, okay. I'm I'm glad. I see he's prepared you for this moment. He knew this day would come. But I, I do agree with you talking about, you know, there in the tavern, that it, it's it's very nice to see Kermit and Miss Piggy's relationship warming back up and that whole exchange they did about everybody. Why is everybody so obsessed with us getting back together? I mean, it works, and, and, and it was funny, and it's obvious they are going to get back together. But I'm yeah. like you. I'm not ready for that to happen yet. I'm I'm enjoying how they're handling the breakup right now team slowpokes hashtag team slowpokes that's i'm not just team denise i'm team Team slowpokes yeah we need them to take this slowly but i don't know maybe they're not so sure about getting a second season like the last that i heard is that the muppets were or the muppet performers were pretty confident about it however i'm pretty sure there was a change in management um, that you might know more about that than I do. I don't think I ever actually read something on this. I just overheard. Um, what what do we know about a change in management at ABC? All I know is that the new president of ABC seems to be more drama oriented. Mm. Um, I don't know how that will affect the likelihood of this show being renewed, or you know, if ABC is looking to move to more dramas. I I don't know. There's not been a whole lot said about that. But it does give a little bit of concern, I guess. Yeah, I think that this show kind of needed some cheerleaders within the network and, to and, really keep it going to a point that it has a lot of recognition from the viewers. And the previous president, I believe, was a cheerleader for the show. So Yes, as I, I understand it, yes. Yeah. I, I can't believe that when they've changed out the presidents, 
the show suddenly in the TV show suddenly introduces this new network president, or she's not necessarily new, but she's new to the show, and she's an antagonist. Yes, <laughs> I just can't believe just how far this show is willing to go with its. Um, people keep calling it meta. I don't know if that's the most appropriate. But it's being self-referential, that's for sure, in all the ways that we're used to it. All the ways we're used to the Muppets being self-referential. I mean, what they're playing with here is actually something that goes back, when you think about it, all the way to the Muppet Show days when, um, when they did the bit with Bob Hope, who was too busy to actually stay there for the episode of The Muppet Show, uh, on which he was the special guest that was supposed to be featured for the whole podcast, I mean Muppet Show episode, and I don't know how anyone could be so cruel as to just abandon the show like that, I mean, no matter how busy you are, that's not the point. The point is, they actually did take that real-life situation and put it on in the episode of The Muppet Show, and the same thing when um, uh, Richard Pryor ended up canceling it last minute, and they filled him in with Chris Langham. Okay. It's just this is a really good thing for Muppet Show to be doing because it adds a lot of reality and a lot of fun if you're in on the jokes. Well, have you seen, on a similar note, um, of course, you know, the show is getting a lot of positive buzz in the media now, or I'm seeing more of that. A week or two ago, it was on Entertainment Weekly's must list for the week, and evidently it has been featured in Cheers and Jeers and TV Guide. Hmm. It shows up in jeers, but it's jeers to anyone that's not watching it. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's odd. The show is in an odd place right now where it's really hard to say what's going to happen. So I don't know what the writers have done to prepare for, you know, like you'd think that they'd want to set something up to be a cliffhanger that gets you excited for the next season. Because that's generally what you do when you end a season. Yes. But at the same time, it has to be something that they could easily resolve in a satisfying way online without actually getting the whole budget for a next season. The nice thing about doing a show with the Muppets, though, is that because they don't specifically belong to one show or another, but they exist outside of any specific productions, um, they can wrap this up in just about anything. A Good Morning America uh, appearance or a YouTube video... If they do leave something not totally resolved, they have the option to go change it, which is really nice. Not yes. m- most shows don't have the chance to uh, complete whatever they left open. But there's going to be a season two. We don't need to think that way. You're right. But, but speaking of YouTube, when are we going to get the pigs in space videos? That's what I've been wondering. I've been wondering that so, so much. All I know is that the next episode of the TV show is going to have Vets Hospital. Yeah, I I saw a shot or a a still shot of that. In 2016, we're getting another Vets Hospital sketch. For like the first time since the 80s. That is awesome. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. I am so thrilled. I am so happy. Please let there be a season two. Well, we know there is going to be one. Um, we, we have to speak positively. Anyway, uh, Camilla finally tells Gonzo to go enjoy a fun time with his friends, and boy, do they need his help. Sam, Chip, and Carl end up joining Lara Spencer. Lara Spencer? I don't know how to say it. I'm just moving on. Uh, and friends on her party bus. So this leaves drunk, drunk, drunk Pepe along with Rizzo, who, as usual, is fine. This is like the second or third time in the series we've seen this happen when no matter what Pepe drinks, he gets crazy drunk, but Rizzo's fine. This is just... I don't understand, but I love it. It's just one of those great little subtle running gags that the show is so good about. And drunk Pepe is hilarious. I know! It's one of the best parts of this show! I They just they keep making new eyelids, it seems, that are just perfect <laughs> for whichever state of drunkenness he's in. And it's such a such a simple little effect. Just stick on different eyelids, and it changes everything. It, it works so well. It works. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that, Gonzo finally rejoins them. And that's most of the episode, I think. Yeah. I think that just about wraps this up. Look at that. Already done with correcting me. It's I tell you, this segment's really, really nice and harmless when we don't have Kim to mess it up. And now, finally, I think we actually have time for a real commercial break, so we'll be right back after this. We're here in this abandoned warehouse talking to someone who didn't use Flipper Media to produce their podcast. Sir, what do you have to say? Hey! 
Let me out of here. Flipper Media, online media production and consulting. To jumpstart your projects, go to flipper.media. See, what Aristotle tries to do with the uncaused cause or this prime mover JD. is basically deal with a paradox just by setting up JD. an exception to the paradox. And that doesn't uh, actually address JD. the issue. Yes? Uh, we're, we're back. Oh, oh, thank you very much for paying attention. Steve never, ever pays attention when we come back from the commercial break. So I appreciate you um, for, for doing that. This is why you're getting Steve's birthday cake. See, so thank you. I think we can move into favorites. Yeah, let's do favorites. Unless uh, we want to do a tidbit from Jared. Jared's not here. Can you be Jared as well as Steve? We'll try that next time. Okay, next time. Next time. All right. In that case, we'll move right along into favorites. It's my fave. I have such a hard time figuring out what my favorite parts of this episode are. Um, there's just so much to love. I love seeing all the stuff in the laser tag place. I love seeing everything that had to do with Big Mean Carl eating foo-foo. I love the stuff that took place at Ralph's Tavern. Just all of it was so good. The characters were great. I loved it when Uncle Deadly had his little moment, because he's kind of gone back to just having little moments here and there that really stand out. He wasn't that prominent in this episode, which was a good change of pace, I think. Um, but when he says, this is the third least important keep... I cannot talk tonight. This is the third least important secret I'm keeping right now. That was so funny, and it was all in Matt's perfect delivery. Uh, what did you think of the Electric Mayhem, having no idea what they said was the most popular kind of ice cream? <laughs> you know, it was very funny. I like the Electric Mayhem. I like how they've been portrayed on the show. Sometimes it seems like they're being portrayed as a little too dumb. Yeah, or, I do wonder about that. But it didn't make it any less hilarious. Yeah. Uh, well, Floyd has just recently, it seems, gotten really, really into conspiracy theories. And that's oddly perfect for his character. Because I actually knew someone who was a, a very similar musician. Um, who I mean, he wasn't all that much older than I am, although he really, really seemed like he had been plucked right out of the year 1970 and dropped into 2014 or 15, whenever it was. I was it was amazing. <laughs> just how much he seemed like he surely came right from the 70s and was so much like Floyd. And yeah, he was into conspiracy theories like that. Well, so it's it's so fitting. Well, speaking of the 70s, I challenge you to find me a cow born before 1972. I'll see what I can do. If I have time, um, when I'm done editing this show, and if I can ever catch up on all the bloopers and outtakes that I need to get out <laughs> for this show, because I am very behind on that, uh, then maybe I will take on that challenge. Anyway, as far as favorites go... I am going to have to ask you what your favorites are, because I can't think of mine just yet. There were a lot of great moments in the show. Um, the you two know, I, I did all that talking, so you had time to think of something, oh, no, and I, now you're going to filibuster too? No, no, I've got something on my mind. Okay. I have two favorites, and of course, one of them's kind of minor. One of them I already mentioned. The Suite of Chefs Food Puppet Show, mm -hmm. I just thought was hilarious. We need to see more of that. And this is what the closest we've come to sentient food being uh, on the show. It is. That and Rolf singing as time goes by were probably tied for my two favorite moments in the show. Yeah, I can completely respect that. That was great. Um, it was weird. I, I still couldn't figure out what exactly the Swedish chef was trying to depict. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't tell. Is he depicting... Kermit and Piggy getting back together, trying to suggest that they are together. Is he depicting them having a fight and breaking up? Or was that not Piggy, but instead Denise? I mean, I just, it was not clear. I have no idea what was going on, but somehow Kermit knew and was worried. I, I can't understand a word he says. Yeah, well, there is that. You can kind of understand what he says in, um, in Muppets Take Manhattan during that closing number. But apart from that, you never know what he says. Um... But this time he was doing voices, and this is the first time, to my memory, that I've heard the Swedish chef trying to do voices, which was pretty different and amusing. And we still don't know who he's married to, right? Not, no. Yeah, we still have no information about that. I want more information about um, Sam's previous marriage. And I want to see the return of Samus before this season is over, but it seems like that's gone. That's frustrating. I do miss Samus. Well, I, I think I've figured out a really good roast then. Um, a, a better roast than what I said before. Yeah, I'm, I 
I'll get to that. I'll get to that. For now, I am going to say that I think that my favorite moment was probably, now that I've had time to think about it, I probably have to go with, um, oh, I still don't know. I know. I'll check my live tweet. Let's see what got the biggest laugh out of me when I was doing the live tweet. That way I can figure out what my opinion is. Don't you hate it when you actually have to look something up to figure out what your own opinion is? I have to do it all the time. Oh, okay. All right, then. Yeah, I guess that would make you a little more used to it. Did you enjoy Camilla on her smartphone? Oh, yeah. That couldn't possibly work. There's no way a beat <laughs> could count as... I've got stylists that don't work for my iPhone, like, which are actually also pens, so there is that. They're not normal, um, but still. Well, maybe anyway. she's got some sort of touchscreen beak implants. That's weird. Hmm. Okay, I think, I think if I have to choose something, I'm probably going to have to go with... Okay, here's what it is. Okay, my favorite character in this episode is Big Mean Carl. His performance is my favorite because he ate uh, Fufu, and then later when he regurgitated Fufu, said, You like wet puppies, Lara? <laughs> Which cracks me up every time. But I think my favorite line so you can kind of argue about which of these is really my favorite scene but my favorite line is miss piggy talking about ohio because according to steve who i wish was here to provide more commentary on this that's actually accurate ohio does need her help um so you know i, I think that's it for me what do you have or did you already say i'm forgetting everything tonight I mentioned, you already said. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you already told me your favorites. Wow, I'm feeling silly. Monday, okay. fun times. Okay, that's... Oh, never mind. Forget everything I just said. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. I am so glad to have the return of Scooter Profanity. That was one of my favorite parts of the old show. I'm glad to see it back for the reboot. Um, we can finally move on to A Toast and a Roast. <laughs> Yay, everyone's favorite segment. And... I already did a toast and a roast earlier in this episode with Steve, so I'm just going to not say anything else. I'm going to take this one off and, you know, get to put my feet up, or I would put my feet up if it wouldn't get in the way of the microphone, and I, I want to keep this a somewhat professional show, so I'm not going to do that because I don't want to mess with the sound conditioning. The point is, Chris, you're on. Toast and a roast. Yes. I am going to toast Foo-Foo. I very much admire that. Okay, I can appreciate any any particular reason. Well, he survived. He she survived being in Big Man Carl's belly for we really don't know how long, and he got the ball, so we know he's happy. That's true. That is enough. Oh, wait, no. She. I looked it up on the Muppet Wiki. I think Fufu's a she. It, it may be the same as uh, Gloria Stefan. Oh yeah, that that gender's ambiguous as well. <laughs> I tell you, Muppets with ambiguous genders are some of the most fun things. You get to play around with them a lot. Um, yeah, I think it's a she. I had always assumed Fufu was a she, but... That makes sense. You'd expect that. Now that I see the pearl necklace, or is it a... Oh my gosh, I think Fufu has a pearl collar designed to emulate the pearl necklace that goes around Piggy's neck. How did I not notice this before? I've never noticed that. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Wow. That is my new favorite thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Fufu. <laughs> and with that, I need your roast. Who are you going to roast, Chris? I know I, it's hard. I'm going to roast the fire door. Okay, okay. And, and why is that? I didn't want to risk it. Okay. Playing it safe. I completely admire that. A very, very safe choice for a toast and a roast this time. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Let's Talk Muppets. And so, Chris, do you have anything that you need to be promoting? Because Steve has the Muppet Cast. Would you like to promote the Muppet Cast as well? You well, can sure. do that. Absolutely. I'm assistant editor at uh, MuppetCast.com. You can check out articles and things I post there. I'm also uh, online at uh, Twitter at Master C. Harris. And I've also considered joining Pinterest and setting up a page dedicated to miniature horses. Hmm. I can see why. Well, then again, you know, I'm pretty sure that that, um, that niche is already being filled pretty well by Scooter. But you know what? Give it a shot. Why not? Go for it. 
I figure there's plenty of room on the web for miniature horse collections. There is. There is. That there is. And you can find what I do at MuppetHub.com. You can follow on Facebook at MuppetHub.com slash Facebook and on Twitter at JD11PC. Follow this show at New Muppet Show. I'm going really fast because I already said these things and we're trying to wrap up this episode of the podcast. And I've also got a Tumblr at JD11PC.tumblr.com and I've got an Instagram that I never use that's also JD11PC and there's also the Muppet Madness Tournament, which I believe is still going to be housed at MuppetTournament.com. I don't think we're changing that this time. We're sticking with MuppetTournament.com and I am so excited about this. I cannot say this enough. I think it's a beautiful tournament and it hasn't even begun. It's just so pretty to look at the way that we've set this thing up so that it's a different tournament than what we've done before as opposed to what we did last year. I think this one is a lot more vote-based and vote-determined. But we're, we're going to have a lot of fun this time. I'll leave it at that. We're going to have so much fun. Um, and we've already had a lot of fun on this podcast episode, Segway, 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 with the help of Chris Harris. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm J.D. Hansel, and I got the ball. I'm happy. That works. And we're in the clear. And we're in that little bit when you hear the stuff that we're talking about after the show has in theory ended. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention the two Star Wars references in this episode. That's right. There was Chewbacca's action figure and... When Fozzie was delivering his bad acting lines, he said, Luke, I am your father. Well, it wasn't so much Luke, I am your father as Luke, I am your father. father. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I couldn't, but he's so bad. Why do they even keep Fozzie around? Hashtag kill Fozzie. That's what I, no, never mind. I take that back. I take that back. I thought Pache was getting rid of him anyhow. (laughs) That's true. He was supposed to get replaced. The guy that makes sounds with his mouth. (laughs) Well, Fozzie can make sounds with his mouth. They're just only words. Uh, and waka wakas, um, unless you count those as words as well. And there we go. Yeah, and then that's that where was, we added in a little Skype sound effect. That's perfect. Of you hanging up. That was re- that. That's funnier than I thought it was going to be. That was great. It was really good. <laughs> I'm so happy with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I figured the slow talking juxtaposed with the time crunch would be really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a good job. Wow, that, oh, was, we did. that was a really we're, good show. We're, we're pretty good at this. Yeah. Okay. And with that, if you want, we can call it a night. All right. Yep. I, I've got to go. I've got to take care of several things. So I'm going to send you I. this. Okay. And uh, yeah, have fun with Chris. Don't hurt him. Oh, I, I, I'll try. Uh, I'll hurt him. Yeah, the, 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 the season two song you did mm-hmm. was great. I enjoyed that. I, I'm glad. Yeah, apparently, before we had even finished it and had it uploaded, Steve sent that song to, let's see, he sent it to Craig Shemin. He sent it to Kirk Thatcher. He sent it to Peter Linz. <laughs> he sent it to Gene Beretta. He had just sent it to everyone before I knew it. And I didn't have it online yet. I I had not added the claps during the part that I borrowed from Claudius is going to be king. Um, which the, the fact that that song lines up so perfectly with the structure of I believe yes. is just <laughs> the most happy accident I've come across in ages. I was so glad it just happened. So how long did it take you to write that? Once I had the idea. I banged out our good draft pretty quickly. Once I really put my mind to it, I was able to get that done, the rough draft to start with in a few minutes, I think, um, probably less than a half hour. Um, but then eventually the next day I came back to it and decided to retool it a bit and make a few adjustments. And even after it was released, I realized that there was a different way I could have written the bridge that would have been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have more so matched uh, the style of the original song. Because I I was trying to borrow from the different versions of the song that are out there. There are only two recordings of it, maybe three, but two Muppet ones, I think. So didn't have that much to work with. But I I mean, I added more choruses 
to the song than are actually there, or mm-hmm. more verses, I guess you might say. Yeah. No, they, they were the chorus, really. Um, I just wanted to extend it so it really felt like you were getting a complete song, and I don't know that you'd do if you just have what's naturally in the song, I believe. Um, but anyway, we can get started now if you'd like. Okay. Um, so the tricky thing for me is trying to remember where I need to pick up from where I was in my conversation late Tuesday night. Um, let's see. That's when it gets... I think you just heard someone yelling or screaming in the background. That's probably going to happen a lot. I don't have any control over that. Um, it's college. Yeah. <laughs> it, eh, que sera, sera. But, you know, I just found out that they are going to have a nice Henson-themed event here, like Karen Falk is coming and all that good stuff to show off some Henson Company archive things. Well, I'm sure uh, you're planning to attend that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I could not miss that. No, I mean, seriously, a Henson event within walking distance of where I live? That has never happened before. Um, so, yeah, Karen coming into my backyard. So excited. Anyway, that's not what I meant to be talking about. Um, but what I was trying to be focused on, it's, I tell you, this segment's really, really nice and harmless when we don't have Kim to mess it up. Thanks. Well, what? No, go ahead. No, I, I didn't have anything. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to transition into a commercial ah. break. Um, the reason why I say a real commercial break is because when I do the bit with Steve, I'm going to have the segment intros in there, but we only spend like 30 seconds on each each segment. Um, and so I'm going to have them all sped up. Okay. So like you'll hear the, um, the first impressions thing and it'll be just, you know, first impressions, just crazy fast. Um, and for the commercial break that we're going to do during Steve's segment... Um, the commercial's going to be sped up to the point that it's almost unrecognizable. And, and um, when, you, when you started First Impressions tonight, I so wanted to hear Steve saying, First Impressions! You'll hear it when this episode well, I comes out. I understand that, but <laughs> I'm used to, so used to hearing that you know, as I listen to the podcast. Right, yeah, it's true. I really wish I knew what it was like being a listener of my podcast, but I have no idea. I can never have that experience in a way, just because whenever I listen, I'm thinking about it differently. Um, I remember when I was at Beyond the Sock and Peter and Noel showed this Bear in the Big Blue House scene um, that is about dancing and Tutter learning that he can dance because he thought that he can't dance mm-hmm. um, and he learns that he can. Um, and it's a really great scene. I seem to remember seeing that when I was way younger. I think it's really well done. A lot of the puppetry is clever and that they were using it as an example to show how you can do puppetry for dance and things like that. Um, and so most of us were enjoying it, but then we look over at Peter and Noel and they're making faces and going, oh, uh, uh, oh, what did I do? Oh, <laughs> and you can tell that, you know, 20 years later, if, if that, um, more like 16, um, they were really really bothered by the subtlest little things that they did differently in their puppetry. Um, and so it felt really, really good for me because I can look back at things that I did a couple of years ago and go, ooh, I should not have done that that way. I really should not have done that that way. But, you know, that's that's the way it is. I'm certainly my own worst critic, but it helps me with, um, you know, dealing with quality stuff. Well, I understand that. I mean, everybody's that way to some extent, but, you know, if you didn't improve, that would be very bad. Yes, it would. Uh, that being said, this time I already had to give my toast and a roast when St- Steve made me um, earlier, even though we only had 30 seconds, if that, to do that segment. Um, so I-, I might just say I'm off the hook this time because I already did it. It's all on you, man. Well, that's not fair. What what were your toast and roast? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> that was that was two days ago. Um I think because I was so pressed for time, I probably toasted Robin, because that was easy, or Miss Piggy, one of the two, and roasted... I think I just went with Andy, because it was quick and easy. <laughs> he's he's the old standby. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I know. Um, I, and a few people are in on the real joke and how that started. I, I wondered if how many people knew what was going on with that. I don't know. I, I see Waka Waka's as being in a separate class from words. They're up higher. They're magic. I agree. But we're, we're totally in the clear now, by the way. So we can talk about whatever. Or we can not talk, and I can get to editing. Either way, I haven't really eaten much of a dinner, so at some point I'm going to want to go microwave my pizza. But aside from that, you know, I got time. 
we can talk a little bit longer. Um, okay. So, some weather we're having. Yeah. The weather, it's happening, isn't it? It is happening. Um, where I am, it's really been happening. Like, I've been getting just about knocked over by the wind. It's, um, I'm, hmm? it's been windy here, too. Um, yeah. We, uh... Yeah, we were in, we went to oh, um, university or Miami University in Ohio hmm. a week or two ago, and attended a lecture with Carol Spinney. Oh, and, that's right. Yes, um, Sonia Manzano, mm-hmm. and Steve met us for dinner before that. He wasn't able to go to the lecture, and then this, how was that? By the way, oh, I it, didn't it was that. great. Um, Michael Davis was there, and he kind of. He was just the moderator for the event. He he led the direction of the conversation, right? And they, of course, the 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 focus was supposed to be uh, cultural diversity, and I mean that is what they concentrated on. But they talked, you know, quite a bit just about the making of the show and and working with uh, different actors and Jim Henson and things over the years. It was it was really nice. Hmm. Was there any Q and A involved? Uh, yeah, they did a short Q and A session at the end. Hmm. And then afterward, they had a little reception that anybody that wanted to could go and, you know, get a picture made with them or get something signed. So that was yeah, pretty yeah. Thing. And Oscar was there. So. Oh, I I figured yeah. He, Carol normally brings Oscar to those things, and and Carol is really really good about making sure he takes the time to uh, get every fan happy and satisfied. Like, oh yeah. He's really really nice about that. Yeah, he's as, as most of the performers are. Yeah, I mean, all the ones I've ever met, they've just been wonderful. But Carol Carol and Deb, I mean, of course, we met them uh, in Atlanta last year at uh, mm. Dragon Con. Oh, okay. And we actually had more time to interact with them there because at one point, actually, I went to his autograph booth and he was leaving, but he he talked to me a long time. Well, not a long time, several minutes, you know, apologizing that they were leaving for the day. But um, they were just super, super nice. I, I, I couldn't get over that. Uh, yeah, I know Deb as well is a very nice person. I got to chat with her just a little bit at a screening that they did of I Am Big Bird in D.C., um, which is not too far. It's not far at all from me now. I could, uh, in theory, I could easily get on a on a little train right now and pretty cheaply be into the city quite quickly. But I still haven't worked out exactly how to do that. So, at some point, I'm going to figure that out and make a trip into D.C. But anyway, even even where I was living at the time, it was not that far, so we were able to make it there. Um, and yeah, very nice people. Now, Frank Oz is someone that you would expect to, you know, shy away a bit more from the fans, be a little more of a, of a recluse, you might say, or even just be, you know, not so nice because he's, he just seems so intimidating. He is, yes. But, <laughs> but there is video footage out there of the way that he actually does treat fans, which is incredibly nice. I think if memory serves, somewhere on YouTube, I saw this video, he was going into... I don't know, it was like um, the Colbert Report or something like that for an interview. And as he's going in the back door, there are all of these Frank Oz fans out there, um, or at least people who wanted his autograph. Um, And, you know, they were all out there with their different posters and things from, you know, Star Wars or Muppet Productions or Little Shop or whatever, um, and all wanted his autograph. And he said, I'm sorry, I have to go in there right now to start the show, but afterwards, I'll stay and make sure that everybody who wants to get something signed, gets it signed. And he did. He, after, after that was done, he just stayed out there, you know, greeting everybody, getting everybody their their picture, their thing signed, and he just was at it for a long time. for until. Uh, and you can see over time, it kind of shows a little bit of a time lapse almost as they cut from, you know, one part to the next to the next. And we just see this crowd of people slowly, gradually getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, so, I mean, he's... He, like the rest of the Muppet performers, is really, really nice and caring about uh, about the fans. It's one of the great things about this community that we're in. Yeah, that, that all sounds pretty awesome. Uh, uh, did you watch any of the um, Q&As, the bits he did at uh, Disney World last year? Um, I, the main Q&A that he did, the one when... Um, uh, I cannot remember this man's name, but the voice actor. Yes, I, know, I can't think of his name either. <laughs> right, yeah, the guy who looks really, really young and yet somehow gets to do all of these voice has this, uh, this surprisingly really good vocal range, so he can do Fred Flintstone and all that. And um, Obi-Wan. And- yeah, 
so anyways, I, I saw that main interview that they did that was like 45 minutes to an hour or longer. I don't recall exactly, but I watched that one all the way through, and it's fantastic. It was great. Speaking of him, though, your Star Wars episode of Let's Talk Whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, I the only episode to, well, so far. But right. we're, eventually we might do Let's Talk Harry Potter or something like that. Pee Wee Herman? I, I was just about to say, after I see the new movie on Netflix, um, then we may end up doing that as well. I was wondering if you had any intention of watching the new movie. But anyhow, the Star Wars episode. Loved yes. it. Thank loved you. Loved a lot of your commentary, but I, I, I loved the thing you put together at the beginning. I think it was at the very beginning. Near it was the beginning, a, yeah. There was a parody of the, the stuff that uh, Ray heard mm. after she grabbed the lightsaber in the movie. That was very funny. Very well done. That, that was probably one of the first ideas I had about how I was going to do this this episode. Like b- quite a few days before I recorded the podcast, I made sure to pay a lot of attention to detail in the movie theater so I could do that and get the replica about as close as I could. Um, so I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Thank you. I've never been a big fan of Muppets from Space. Yeah. Although I rewatched it last year. And I liked it much better than I remembered it. Yeah, there are actually a lot of positive um, elements. Oh, I just got an email back from one of the people involved in the Henson presentation. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll focus on that later. I'm sorry. I right. didn't mean to get distracted by that. But yeah, I've always been a really big fan of Muppet Treasure Island. I'm pretty sure that the only... Mm, that's not true. Okay, I am wrong about that. I have one movie poster for Muppets Most Wanted, which is, um, it was one of the early ones that they did. So it seems like they still didn't have Constantine figured out, and they had Kermit's picture on the wanted signs and things like that. They didn't have Constantine in this one at all. Do you remember the one at the train station with the red telephone booth in the background? Yes, and yes. someone was going on to the... So I've got that poster, which is nice and big. Um, and then I got the poster that was it was actually based on the one for the 2011 Muppet movie um but it was different it was for the um uh they're closer than you think thing and it was used by a store and when the store was done with it because they were doing like some kind of nail polish or perfume or something based on the Muppets and when the store was done with it um I was actually able to get that from them because they had no use for it anymore and would just throw it away so I got that and hung that in my room. Um, but aside from that, the only real Muppet movie poster that I've had is this great big poster for Muppet Treasure Island that has that um, uh, Drew Strayson, or however you say his name, his painting mm-hmm. that looks just so beautiful. So I've had that one in my room for a long time. And the only Muppet, the only posters that I have in this room where I'm recording right now at the college are um, one little Star Wars poster that's got Ray, BB-8, and the Millennium Falcon or Falcon, however you prefer to say it. Okay. Um, and then I've also got a poster behind me that you may have noticed in the thumbnail um, for last week's episode, which is the uh, painting that uh, Constantine and Dominic Badgey stole from the museum. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember you talking a while back, or somewhere... You mentioned wanting that. I can't remember where you said you had seen it. I don't know. I've always wanted it, though, and so I finally was like, you know what? I need something to decorate this room. i got to get this thing. Where did you get that? Oh, it's a secret. (laughs) I I stole it. Didn't you hear the podcast episode? I stole it from the museum. (laughs) 